are now listening to an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress.
thank you now for this time in your presence. Thank you for bringing us from last week to this week. Thank you for carrying us across the low valleys, high mountains, challenges that we face. Thank you for blessing us with rest and peace. Thank you for giving us your love, allowing us to experience you yet once again. And now, Lord, as we come now to this moment, we pray that you would lift again your human out of self. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Speak to us and through us in this moment. Bless now the words that are in our mouth, meditations that are on our heart, that it may be acceptable in your sight. Well, Lord, you are our strength. You are our redeemer. Keep us by your power. Use us for your glory. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. Ask it now in the name of your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody knows those songs now. Don't misunderstand. My mama used to say, that sounds like church. Amen. I want to continue this morning in the Gospel of Matthew. Can't get out of the 10th chapter. And verses 16 through 23 is the context. I want to read that for you just said it but our focus this morning because there's so much that there's no way we could get all of that in today so we're just going to focus on the 16th verse but I want to read 16 through 23 so that you can at least begin to see scripture has to be taken in thought and it's written in paragraph form in a real sense and this is the paragraph of thought that's there Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But be aware of men, for they will deliver you up to the council, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death and you shall be hated among of all men for my name's sake but he that endureth to the end shall be saved but when they persecute you in this city flee ye into another for verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man is come. This is the word of God for the people of God. Focusing on the 16th verse and the first portion of it, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. I want to talk to you this morning about a dangerous assignment. A dangerous assignment. For every child of God that God has his hand on and send us out, we need to know that it's a dangerous assignment. I don't care what your occupation is today. I don't care what your vocation is today. There's an element of danger that's inherent in it. And I especially want to say to our young people today, as God sends you forward into the schools, and onto the playground, and the start of a new school year, you need to know that it's a dangerous assignment. Especially if you're going to stand up for God. And that's exactly what God wants you to do. He wants you to stand up for him. He wants you to stand up for him at home. He wants you, all of us, to stand up for him in the community. Stand up for him in the world. 
problem is that there are far too many people who are standing up for God. People are sitting down on God, but God is still calling because he knows what the end answer is going to be all about. As we have looked at this text, we recognize that we are in the middle of Jesus' training of the twelve. In the first 15 verses of this passage, we meet who the twelve are in verses 1 through 5. And then in verse 5, the second part of it, through verse 15, we hear the instructions that Jesus is giving to his disciples as he sends them out on a training mission, short-term training mission, so that they can have in mind what would be necessary when he comes later and send them out on world evangelism. And verses 16 through 23, we see the reaction to people as the messengers go forward with the message of the gospel. And then from verse 24 to the end of the chapter, we see the cost of discipleship. What it costs to be a follower of Jesus. And because of those major divisions there, it's impossible to get all of this into you today. But I just simply want to focus on the 16th verse, the A section, so that we can at least see the, the context of the assignment. It's a dangerous assignment. And I, wanted, I want you to know that it was dangerous for those disciples. And it was dangerous, and it is dangerous for us today. And, and what I want you to hear this morning is that the, 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 the message is more than just what Jesus gave to the disciples. Some of those men at that point, they fulfilled some of it then. But as we look over the shoulders of Jesus, we can see the telescope that he's looking through that carries the message all the way into the church age, which is the age we're living in now. And some of it has to be fulfilled now. And it goes even further all the way to when Jesus comes back and those who will be a part of the tribulation period. And I have to explain it to you because otherwise you won't understand what the text is really saying to you. And then we'll narrow the focus on just what we want to speak to you about. We ask, when we look at this passage, we ask four questions. But unfortunately, I won't get to but two of those questions today in this text. And so you have to come back next week to hear the conclusion of what's there. And today, we'll look at the first two questions that's in this text. And we'll understand the remainder of it. The next time. Jesus is, is, is doing what is typical of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when the prophets spoke, they would look at a portion of what was true at that moment, but it will also have a greater meaning for the future. For example, the prophet Micah would say uh, a baby is going to be born and he'll be born in Bethlehem and he'll rule in Jerusalem. But he didn't tell you about the thousands of years that would be in between. He spoke about what portion of it was available then, but then the telescopic view was also for later to be fulfilled. It's what David did when David would speak sometimes about how he felt. He would speak sometimes about how he felt then, but he was also speaking about the coming of the Messiah who would feel that way when he later came. If you read this passage carefully and you see that the disciples were sent out by Jesus on a short-term mission trip. And he told them to, as you go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, 
cast out the devils, the demons, and raise the dead. Now, some of that they did not feel doing this short-term mission. Some of it would only come after Jesus had been crucified and raised from the grave and the Holy Spirit came and the church age began, then we see some of the fulfillment of some of the things Jesus told them to do. And further, there are some things in the context of the text that's not going to be fulfilled until Jesus returns. But the portion that he spoke that is referencing today speaks to us now. It spoke to them then and it will speak to people who will come in the future. And what is that? That you have a dangerous assignment. Listen at what he says. He says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, I'm not an expert on, on sheep because we grew up in the city. We didn't grow up around sheep. But we know some things about sheep. We know that sheep are stupid. We know that sheep are vulnerable. Sheep are defenseless. And they will get into almost anything. Shepherds had to protect sheep from things like poisonous weeds. Because they would have their head down and they would get over into something that could mess them up. And they not even be aware of the danger that they put themselves in. You're going to see the application. Sheep also are very easy to frighten. If a, if a jackrabbit jumped up out of the bush, the sheep would run and stampede the whole herd. Sheep could not be led to Running water. That's why David in the 23rd number of the Psalms said, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still water because sheep would drown themselves trying to drink from running water, not even recognizing the danger. When something occurs that frightened them, they would run. But you can look at their bodies and see that they weren't built to go very far. Sheep are chubby, burly bodies with toothpick legs. And they wouldn't be able to get away. But the greatest danger that were imposed upon sheep were predators. Here in the text called wolves. Wild dogs, in a real sense, is what they were. And they could destroy a herd of sheep in a night. As a matter of fact, when I was looking at this thing and reading about it, one writer said that two wolves destroyed 279 sheep in the course of one night. And the shepherd never saw the wolf. That's how sneaky and that's how crafty they are. And so Jesus is saying to these disciples as he's sending them out that I want to be clear that the assignment that I give you is not going to be easy. It's going to be a dangerous assignment. Now I think that Jesus is more honest in his assessment of what is involved in Christianity than we are. 
I, I don't know if Jesus could handle the watered down way in which we present Christianity today. We, we, we tell people, oh, it, it's all right, and it is all right in the ultimate context, but we make it seem as if this is a cakewalk in the park. And, and Jesus is making it clear, oh, no. Nah. Boys, I want you to understand what you're getting into. I want you to know that you're going forth as sheep, not waiting on wolves to show up, but sheep in the middle of wolves. Maybe I should tell you what wolves do to sheep. They are flesh-eating animals, and they would tear a sheep apart. One writer, the same guy that was describing the slaughter of 279 sheep in one night, accounts, says that one wolf ripped the sheep apart and ate his liver out. Shepherds in those days did not own sheep, but they were shepherds hired by sheep owners. And if they claimed that a wolf had attacked the sheep, they would have to bring proof. That means they would have to bring the flesh that was left over from what a wolf had done to prove to the owner that a wolf had indeed attacked his sheep. Otherwise, people would steal sheep and say the wolf did it. And so to prove to the sheep, to the owners that it really was a wolf, they would have to bring proof. Now, here's what I want you to hear Jesus saying. I'm sending you out there, and I know it's dangerous, but it doesn't mean you're going to lose. It means that in spite of the wolves that you're going to win. But you need to understand the danger that you're going to be subject to. So the question this morning, the two questions that I wish to ask and try to at least put a nugget of the answer in place. The first question would be, who are the wolves? Because you know who the sheep are. The sheep were the apostles that were being sent out. The sheep are people, Christian people, who go on mission for Christ every day. You are the sheep of his pasture. I am a sheep in his pasture. We are the sheep of God. But who are the wolves? that threaten to devour the sheep? The answer is men. Men. Human beings. I know the Apostle Paul said in, in Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. But those demonic forces use human beings. And so no matter where you go, you are going to be subject to human beings that are looking to do what wolves did to sheep. That's to tear you up. And, and you, you, you just got to know it. Young people, you got to know it. You can be the most godly person that you can be and be that. But do understand that there are going to be some people that are not going to like you just because you represent God. And I want you, I want you to understand. I know you're in church and I know you look dignified, sanctified, holified. But you better know that there are some people who are willing to chew you up to pull the wool off of you and to eat up your flesh. Come on, men. 
This is what the scripture text says. It is men who are the wolves. And we need to understand that. That, that, that no matter where you go, God, or should I say the devil, will use men. It was men who crucified Jesus. It was men who put the apostles to death. It was men who have persecuted Christians down through the years. And it will be men who have been infused by Diabolos, the devil, that would make it difficult for your life. It was men, I'm just telling you, look in the news. It was a man who came in that fire station. It was, it was a, a man or a woman, a human being that was out there on that interstate. It wasn't no baby. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I don't care where you go. It's men that be armed with those rifles that do the shooting in schools and mow down innocent people. It's men who carry these weapons. It's men who are fighting in the war with Ukraine and Russia. They're not using robots. They're using drones, but they are powered by men. They are programmed by men. And you need to understand that man is using technology in ways that you haven't even seen yet. It's called AI. And you know what that is, don't you? Is artificial intelligence and it's sweeping the world and it's going to change the way things are being done. But they are programmed by men. And so the world takes its ease and the world seeks its comfort. But God is still sending us out. And he understands that in the process of being a living witness that you're going to be subject to some things. But don't worry. It's going to be all right. Every young lady here today that has a desire to be in a relationship, you need to know that some joker is waiting to dump you. And every guy that's looking for sweet Abilene <laughs> need to know that there's a girl that's willing to break your heart. And I don't care what you do. I don't care where you work. You can be in the schools. You're still on a dangerous assignment. You can be in law enforcement. You're on a dangerous assignment. You can be on the playground. You're on a dangerous assignment. You can go grocery shopping. And you're still on a dangerous assignment. You could be sitting in your own house, talking to your own children, watching your own television, and you are still in danger. I just want you to know that now, that Jesus is not naive when he say, look, that's why that first word, behold. He said, look at this, amazingly so. I'm sending you out. And I know what you're going to face. I know who's out there. I know what's out there. I know what you're going to have to go through. And, and, and he doesn't make any apologies about it. He said, I'm sending you in spite of it. And that's what the, the test of the medal of discipleship really is about. And that's what the metal of Christian conviction is about. So these men, listen, what he's getting them ready for, he's getting them ready for a lifetime of it. This was a short-term mission that he was sending them on. And in the training, he said, I'm going to let you get a little bit of it now so that you can understand that that's what you're going to have to deal with the rest of your life. And so young people, yes, we're giving you youth day. You get a chance to lead the songs. You get a chance to say the prayers. You get a chance to read the scriptures. That's just a little bit of what you're going to have to do. You also got to go out. You're going to have to deal with Pookie. You're going to have to deal with Quisha. You're going to have to deal with Nene. 
And, 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 and when they get to be grown, they still going to be just a grown-up Pookie and a grown-up Nene and a grown-up Ricky. And they're going to act even more so. I mean, man, you don't know what you've done. <laughs> you look at some of the parents today. God help us. And you'll understand why the little mini Mimi's <laughs> act like they do. Because they got it from. Y'all said that. I ain't said that. They got it from their mama. And so, look, verse 17 makes it real clear. Beware of men. They are the wolves. Human beings, man, you got slick Ricky. You got slick Sally. You got conniving Jamie. You got all kinds of stuff that's out here, and you're going to have to encounter it. There's no way around it. You got to use what God will give you. Now, I'm going to talk about the response to all of this next time. Today, I'm just talking about the assignment and how dangerous it is. Look, I just told you physical sheep can't handle the attacks of wolves. They need a shepherd to be there to beat back and to defend them against these vicious attacks. And you will not be able to handle life by yourself. None of us can. And it just blows my mind that we got boatloads of people who think that they can make it without Jesus. I don't know how you think you can make it without Jesus. You can't make it without the Lord. You can't make it without protection. Protection from yourself, protection from other folk, from other things, from ideologies, from the stupidity of all of the onslaught of stuff that's luring people away. You can't make it without God. Look, look at verse, and remember Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus said this in verse 10, blessed are you when you are persecuted. For righteousness' sake, blessed are you when men shall revile you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So you got to be aware of people. It's not going to be the toys that's going to mess you up. It's going to be the men that made the toys that's putting stuff in your mind. Man, when I was in, in school and we were studying communism, they would, we learned how they taught them math. For example, in, in communist countries, when I was a young guy, they would teach math like if you had 25 American soldiers and you shot 15 of them, how many would you have left? And, and, and what they were doing, they were, they were sublimially putting into the minds of people to have hatred for Americans. They are doing it even more so now. They're changing the history. They won't tell the truth. They won't let you learn the truth. You're going to have generations that's going to grow up and they're going to think folk are their friends who hate them. That's what Jesus is trying to convey and it's applicable for us right now. I want you to keep a balance in your life. The enemy is going to attack you and he's going to attack you. Yes, I know it'll be satanic in nature, but Satan is going to use human agents to do his dirt. And we just need to understand that. Look at what he did. He's always used his dirt to try to undermine God. Way back at the beginning of the world, when God, Lucifer was the angel created in heaven, and he was in heaven with God. But he said one day, I want to be like 
the most high, I will. He asserted himself, I will. He said it five times, I will, I will, I will, I will. And God said, no, you won't. And God put him out. And when God put him out, guess what? He was angry with God. And so he sought from the beginning to destroy the works of God. So when God made the first human, pulled him out of the soil, and he pulled the woman out of the man's side, and he put them in the garden to love and to enjoy the beauty of all of God's creation. Guess who showed up? Satan. He was in the form of another one of God's creatures at that point because he could not at that point inhabit Adam and Eve. But later, look, when Adam and Eve had a child and his name was Cain, See, Satan didn't need the serpent no more. He had a new agent that he could get in to create the destroying work. He got into Adam and Eve's son, Cain. And Cain ended up destroying his brother. Now, if it happened when there was nobody else on the earth, what make you think it's not happening when there are people everywhere and many more opportunities for him to populate people and do destructive stuff. So you, 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 you got you to gotta know. You got to know. But Jesus said, don't you worry. When you go, you preach anyway. You tell people that the wages of sin is still death. And the gift of God is still eternal life. We got to call for people to repent. For people to change their mind. For people to change their attitude, for people to change their ways of doing things. And that's what's going to cause the problem. Because now, the first question is, who are the wolves? And the answer is, man, human beings. Now, the second question is, why are they so vicious? Why are they so willing to tear up? of sheep the answer is because they can't stand God it's not that people really have so much a problem with you but they have a problem with who you represent and they will try to destroy you just look around my brothers and sisters look around the nation look around the world people who dare try to stand for right. People will go through any lengths to try to unmask them and to show that something is wrong with even those that are trying to do what's right. Man, it's just amazing. I don't want to get into the enumeration of this like I want to, but people are vicious because they can't stand Jesus. That's why they came against the apostles in the church age. They, they, they persecuted Peter and James and John and all of those men, almost all of those apostles died as martyrs. And why? Because they represented Jesus. And that's what the world can't stand. They want to shut down the pulpits. Next week, I'm going to talk about it. When I answer the third question, ask the third question, not just who are the wolves and why are they so vicious, but how is it that they go about attacking? And you're going to be surprised that some of the answer is because of religion. Satan's kingdom knows it can't stand as long as God's people are spreading the love and the word of God. So consequently, the way to stop that is to try to destroy those that represent him. If, you, know, you know what, let me tell you, can I tell you what church people will do? Church people will want to kill the pastor. I'm just going to say it. So that you don't have to hear from God. If I can shut you up, then 
I don't have to hear. You know who the most popular player is on a football team? The second string quarterback. Not the first string. The second string quarterback. And, and as long as he's on the bench, everybody talk about how good he is. And that he ought to play. And as soon as he go out there and throw an interception, <laughs> then they ready to hang him. Can I tell you? Just, 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 just look just a few feet down from Birmingham, down in T-Town. Place I enjoy going for football. But right now they can't even say anything because they don't know who number one is going to be. <laughs> Some of y'all that keep up with that know what I'm saying. The Apostle Paul, listen, he told his story. And listen at what Paul said when he went before King Agrippa and when he went before Festus and Felix and all of those people. He said, man, he said, listen, I was a persecutor. I was a hater. I was on the side of those who hated Christian people. And I thought it was my duty to try to stamp out all of God's people. As a matter of fact, one day I had orders from the high priest to go down to Jerusalem. He was saying, he was describing his woofy nature. I went down and I was going to bind them up, tie them up, bring them back to Jerusalem so that they could die. And he said, but then the Lord knocked me down. And when he knocked me down, he said, I didn't see nobody. I just heard a voice. And I said, who are you? Lord, you mean you real? You mean that Jesus is really real? And Jesus answered, I am Jesus whom thou persecuteth. Don't you know it's hard for you to kick against the prick? You may try but you're going to end up hurting yourself. You're not going to be able to stop me or stop God from what he is up to. So there have always been men. There were men in the Old Testament who tried to destroy the people of God. There are people in this modern century. You go to Uganda. You go behind the Iron Curtain and people who name the name of Jesus are being persecuted. <clears throat> and I predict, and I'm not one to be a prophet of doom, that it won't be long before that persecution is going to hit America. And we've been enjoying the periods of freedom in our religion for a while but if this agenda continues that you see this reversal agenda that's rolling back everything the only thing that you're going to have left are your religious freedoms and it won't be long before they're going to be coming for that you watch it won't be long before they're going to be trying to muzzle the pulpits because it was the black church and the preacher that led the demonstrations and mobilized the people and put the people in front and caused the conscience of a nation to come under conviction. And those who represent God are going to have to deal with that. So I want you to know what we're up against. You are sheep, but you are sent out in the midst of ready wolves. Already got their teeth sharp, already slobbering, already waiting to just tear you apart. I'll wait till next time to tell you a little bit more about it. But the question is, who are the wolves? And the answer is, the wolves are men. The second question is, why are they so vicious? And the answer is, 
because they hate Jesus and they will be instruments of Satan to try to destroy the work of God. Man, don't think. Young girls, the there are guys, vicious, satanic-filled guys that's looking to take away your beautiful young lives, take away your innocence, and leave you scarred and ruined and wounded for life. There are satanic-filled men who are looking to take young boys who are innocent and take away all of your hopes and dreams of ever being a true man of God because they're willing to be vicious towards you. Yes, the Bible is true. Train up a child in the ways you go, but part of that training needs to be to make sure you are adequately warned to be forearmed is to be forewarned. Deacon sent me something this week that just blessed my heart. He said, Pastor, I know you already know it. But he said, listen to these three statements. When you're in leadership, they're not going to like you. No matter how good of a leader you may try to be. Number two, when you make enough decisions, you are bound to make some that are unpopular. But just because a decision is unpopular does not mean that it's not the right decision. And thirdly, do the best you can no matter what they say no matter how they feel because ultimately you're going to have to stand before God and give an account of what you have done. And that's the word. That's the word. That's why I want to leave this, this morning. You're going to have to stand one day. You can't get lost in this crazy world. You can't let the games, the tricks of the enemy pull you into some unbecoming mindset that make you be or think you something that you're not. I don't even want to enumerate today's news because it breaks the heart. But you know that in behind it are the wiles, the tricks of the devil that he has used some human force cause some innocent life to be jacked up. Nah, I, 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 I'm struggling to, to not say it, but my heart hurts for the Russell family because somebody somewhere put some kind of influence in the atmosphere that caused an innocent life to now be forever changed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You might not see it, but you are sent as sheep among wolves. So you got to know who they are. And you got to know why they're so vicious, why they're so angry. Because they want to destroy Jesus. And they can't. Jesus said it like this, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. He never said it won't rise. He just said that the gates of hell won't prevail won't win. Aren't you glad that we got a shepherd? David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And he says, and I shall not want. He does for me 
what only good shepherds would do. He knows I'm crazy. He knows I'm vulnerable. But he knows how to protect me. Leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even when the dangers show up, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. That's good news today. That's good news to know that you got somebody with you. In the midst of all of this crazy, destructive stuff that's going on in this world, we still got somebody. And what the shepherd does, he lays down his life for the sheep. Shepherds lay across the, the door of the sheepfold so that nothing can slip in on the sheep when they're in the right place. But it's the trick to get the sheep out of the pole and out there wandering, isolated by himself. Then he become victimized by the praying wolf. So stay in. Stay in place. Stay close by. Stay under the leadership. Stay under the guidance. Stay together so that God can be your protector and take care of you as you navigate your way through this crazy, crazy world. I want to open the doors of the church here and give you an opportunity to make good on this moment to unite fellowship with God. First and foremost, you're not going to be able to make this world. You're not going to be able to negotiate with these demons. You're not going to be able to stop the attacks. You're not going to be able to stop the onslaught of satanic activity. You're going to be right in the middle of it. And in order to be protected, you need Jesus. So you got to cry out, Lord, make me over. Make me over again. You got to crowd. Make my mind, make my body, make my understanding. Help me to be that man, that woman, that boy, the girl that you want me to be. Doors open. You can come today by letter. Christian experience, candidate for baptism. Doors of the church open. Anytime doing the singing of the song. Give God your heart. Give one of these your hand. And let's begin this walk.
this crazy world where people are willing at the drop of a hat to be used by Satan to destroy. You can know based upon what is being done who represents who. Satan comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So you can look and see if it's of God, it's going to be about development, life. If it's destroying, tearing up, tearing down, you can know that it comes from satanic influence. May God bless you. May you be protected as you go forward in the week. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast. You have been listening to a message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where we are reaching the world for Christ. Located at 2135 Jefferson Avenue Southwest, Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatershallow.org. For an uplifting message, please join us for the next broadcast.